just super addictive gameplay mechanics. You know, it feels really good to control. But then you bring in modern physics, modern AI, and modern graphics to it, and that's like so the evolution of being 17-bit. Um, this, uh, Jake Kasdahl, the CEO, art director, creative director, Ubermensch, uh, <laughs> and, you know, it, he grew up uh, in his dad's pizza parlors and just playing arcade games, like a lot of us at the either arcade or wherever you access that. He just had this super strong affinity to this type of gameplay, and then he also loved Macross and Robotech and those old 80s anime uh, shows. And so he just wanted to do an homage to that. And so we're just trying to stay true to it. You can see like the Macross explosion with all the missiles and stuff. Um, but to bring that with our own little twist. And along those lines, we were thinking, okay, we're going to do like a narrative-based game that's like five or six hours, you know, a, a good a good solid chunk for, for an indie game. But then we realized why service like a, a narrative that we locked down. We're really all about the gameplay. We love Spelunky, we love Rogue Legacy, you know, we love playing these games where like you get in. Like one of the things we love, like Spelunky's Daily Challenge, right? Yeah. It keeps it fresh. You play it for like oh, a few minutes yeah. or you play it for a couple hours. It doesn't matter, but like you're in it on a regular basis. It's it inspires competition. And no two gameplay sessions are the same. Yeah. And out of our love for that we realize why try and just service a story? Why not focus more on the gameplay? Because the game kinda tells you what it wants to be. And this like, just want to get in there. So we still have the story animated 2D wrapper to it, but we're actually doing procedural story. So each of the missions, we like to say, like I said before, is procedurally assembled. We, we hand tune each of the rooms, and then when you hit when you hit play or launch, then it assembles your whole mission for you. Uh, but so then we're also going to be giving you like bits of the story wrapped around those procedurally. So you're basically coming back in the same sense you would week after week to a TV show. You get to know the characters, you get to learn more about them and the backstory of each episode, but they don't necessarily connect together. But after a certain amount of episodes, you have like the hour-long episode where you get your kind of like larger boss fights and it, it ties together more of the story. So instead of just like a, a normal linear progression, you're kind of darting around, but then you end up at the same place of, of delivering you the overall overall story content. Uh, we're partnered with a group called Sentient, who just started, um, and they do amazing AI. Uh, super intelligent. Jake's, you know, amongst his favorite shooters are uh, Halo and Far Cry 3. And, Good choices. No, they're great, right? And so when we tell people, it's like, okay, it's a space shooter, but your encounters are very much like those two games. Because your AI is super smart, they got vision cones, they're listening for you, and they're communicating with each other. And each... Each enemy type has a different type of AI and work together differently. You got scouts that come out, as soon as they see you, they start running off and telling everybody everybody around nice. that they're coming. They, they take off and go like spread the word, you know, a little yeah, Paul yeah. Revere action. Um, <laughs> so, you know, Paul Revere goes off, tells all his buddies, and then they come, and then you have these little, little pop-up. Uh, insets that you can see of the portraits mm -hmm. where every enemy is talking to you they're reacting to you yeah. like you have constant feedback going we're taking everything that the AI is doing and translating that into actual like visual and audio feedback for the player um, and Jake's big thing is he's just like uh, an, uh, a visual glutton you know in the sense that I don't know if glutton, glutton seems like a bad word but yeah. he just loves to be stimulated visually in this game and we try and push it definitely fulfills that it, the game looks great it's, it keeps you engaged the whole time you're playing it, at least I think so. No, I mean, we we adore it, uh, and we just hope it resonates with people, but you know, we try and 
try and uh, give you a bunch of audio feedback, a bunch of visual feedback, and for us, audio is super important. I know a lot of people play their games with the sound turned down. Right, right. I don't get that. Right. I mean, yeah, it's like, I'm the same way. Like, I like to hear what the developers had in place for it. And, oh, absolutely. And, and it's the other half of the experience. Now, the cool thing is that we're seeing here that a lot of people were playing. Either they're choosing not to use the headphones, or they just they're over the speakers, but they're not necessarily hearing. But they don't seem to have an issue of like figuring out what's going on and what to do. So we're happy that that's translating. But yeah. you know, it is a full experience. We worked with some really great audio designers and, and people making music. Um, the guy who's doing all the music for the game, uh, and he'll actually be putting it out later, uh, is uh, scientific. Um, uh, and he did uh, the music for Peggle 2 and, and for a few other things. But it's like, hey man. So you're working with people that you know really bring a lot to the, the audio side of things. So we're excited for people to be able to hear the game as well. Uh, uh, let's see what else. Uh, we're coming out on PS4 uh, towards the uh, end of the summer. Uh, and then it'll be crossed by with Vita. The Vita will follow a little bit. Uh, you know, uh, probably like a month or so after, and then uh, we'll come out to Steam about a month and a half, two months after we ship on PS4. That's so, awesome. I, I, I'm a big fan of Crossbuy. So. Oh, no, absolutely. And we love our Vitas. Yeah. You know, we love playing the Vitas. Yeah, we want too. cool games on them. And, you know, the thing for us is we want to put a core gaming experience in your hands, right? So, handheld wherever you are. And whether you're getting like, you know, two minutes or you're getting like a couple and, hours. And I think a game like this where it's so visually stimulating will look great on the Vita. You know, I, I absolutely think. No, no, we, we think so. We're doing a lot of optimizations to try and make it work uh, work as best possible because we want it to translate one to one as much as possible in PS4. Nice. Now, uh, down the line, you're talking about how the story's kind of almost in episodes, then you have the hour-long episode. Do you plan on expanding that later after the final game, like maybe in downloadable content? Oh, absolutely. We want to do tons of DLC. We're going to support the game as long as people want to play it. Awesome. And there's so much more that we want to do. And literally, I mean, it's my job to be scoping stuff. And I'm putting the stuff into the DLC bucket that we desperately like to have in the first right, the, right. the shipping product. But hey, but it's we'll all just, time, you know. Yeah, we'll just keep we'll just keep bringing the content That's as long awesome. as people you, want to play. Support Skulls of Shogun for, for a long oh, time. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And so. then you had uh, the, the Crazy Edition. They yeah. had like so much more content. Yeah. Uh, no, it's uh, yeah. We'll we'll keep supporting as long as we do, as long as people want to play it. Sony's been an awesome partner, so uh, they're super supportive and they're excited about the game. So now, did uh, did Sony approach you to put it on the PS4? Or did um, you approach them? So there was a, a long-term uh, friendship between uh, Jake and one of the guys over at Sony, and so we've known them for quite some time. But it was it was pretty mutual. Awesome. Was like as soon as they saw the game, we started oh, talking. Oh, yeah, I mean, it, it, they'd be crazy not to want it on their system. At least I think so. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Skulls of the Shogun. Uh, how, it's, this game is such a departure from Skulls of the Shogun. How did you guys decide to go from Skulls of the Shogun, a turn-based strategy game, to, you know, a, a No, shooter? exactly. I mean, super different. Uh, I mean, you can kind of see the thread in the visual art style. But, uh, yeah, Jake, you know, Skulls of the Shogun started out as a pet project. Um, and it turned into a much larger game. And so Jake's been itching to do Galaxy for a long time. So he actually started development even before Skulls had shipped. Uh, the team was slightly split, but yeah, Jake's been just itching to, to get Galaxy out. And it's, you know, you want to do these projects for years and you just kind of got to jump in at some point. So it's interesting. And then he had invested so much in his Skulls that he was pretty much ready to kind of shift. Not that his heart isn't still with Skulls. It's just like, you know, you want to keep getting the next ideas out there. And he's got 
you know, we kind of have the next few games planned out already. That's awesome. Yeah, you, you kind of want to differentiate yourself too and not be stuck in doing the same thing over and over for all the studio. No, exactly. And, and to grow, right? You learned yeah. a lot from Skulls. We're going to learn a lot from Galaxy. And we're going to keep building it. And we built a strong foundation now in Unity. So we're going to use that to leverage awesome. it for the next products. Awesome. Um, now, let, let's talk about you personally. What did you do before 17 minutes? Um, I worked over at EA. Actually, Jake and I worked together at EA a long time ago. Give me one second. Yeah. I worked at EA for about eight years. Uh, a couple of Metal Armors, uh, Battle, uh, Lord of the Rings Battle for Middle Earth 2, and then Command and Conquer. And I actually did uh, the show called Battlecast Primetime for Command and Conquer, where we're really trying to bring esports out. Uh, great community for Command and Conquer. But Jake, uh, we pulled him off of the LMO team. Uh, he's working on the Spielberg project over there at uh, Los Angeles. And. Uh, and uh, pulled him up on the Command and Conquer. He was our concept artist. He rocked it out. And then uh, I left from EA, ended up over at uh, Double Helix. And we worked with Capcom on a couple different uh, prototypes. Um, that was a great learning experience. And then uh, I was actually off work. Uh, E3 came by last year. And Jake was like, hey, man, I'm losing it. I, I can't do everything on my own. He's CEO, creative director, art director, and trying to run the team. And I was like, it sounds like you need a uh, senior producer. He's like, I do. You know anybody? And I was like, I do. So I. Uh, Went up to Seattle for a few days. I told him I'd put his house in order and just see if it was a fit. It was an instant fit, and uh, I've been there uh, since July of last year. Sold everything I own, moved out of LA, and uh, I went up there. And we're moving the studio to Kyoto by the end of the year. Oh, nice! Wow, that's that's a big move right there. Yeah, no, no, it is. And Jake wants to go back. He worked in Sega of Japan for five years. Met his wife out there. They were over here. They've been out here for ten years, wanting to go back. So we're just gonna so make it happen. Good opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank. Thank you very much, Ross, for, for talking to me about the game. The game looks awesome. I can't wait to actually play I the appreciate final it. version. I so. appreciate all your kind words, for sure. <laughs> Thank you.